Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. An on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron Dietrich here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe alongside. Who are you? Uh, hey. Yeah. What's up? I think it's Jake Mark. I think it's me. Look, I'm so happy to be back. We are happy you're back too. I got a couple of butterflies oh, right now. Nice. Yeah. I have sitting next to me, it happens. I have not felt this in a while. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, some nerves. But, uh, yeah, it's been a while. Welcome back, man. Yeah. I just talked into this little microphone here. He walked in, and it looks like you've lost a little weight. I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> it looks like you've aged about 10 years. Oh, thanks. I wonder why. I guess I'm looking great. <laughs> I appreciate it. You're getting closer to my age oh, now. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. We've narrowed the gap I, a little I, bit. I've earned this. You I've... just needed to go through a, a life-changing experience. That's right. Yeah. All right, bud. Congratulations, first of all, and welcome back. We're so tickled to death for you and your family. Of course, your baby daughter, Emerson Jane, and now you have her home. We have her home, finally. Um, yeah, it, first of all, I want to say thank you to everyone who reached out. And, uh, you know, a lot of people said they were praying, and, and that was really all we asked for was, was for prayers. She, uh, Emerson, when she was born, uh, it was crazy because there were no signs throughout uh, my wife's pregnancy that anything was wrong and when she was born she looked fine I mean she seemed fine to us and then you know they they, they took her um, to the to the nursery and you know they said oh it'll be a couple hours you'll get her back we'll give her a bath and everything and we're just waiting and waiting and waiting and then I'm telling you doctor after doctor came in with something new mm. that was wrong with her and so that was like just incredibly tough but Anyway, she had to stay in the NICU for, for 22 days. Uh, we were at St. Francis, then got transported to Shreveport. So we pretty much lived in a hospital this month. Um, but we are very grateful because she, she had hyperinsulinemia. They figured it out. Um, she has a couple uh, – a thing that's wrong with her heart as well. But she's taking medicine for it. And if all goes well, she won't have to take any medicine past a year. Mm. So – we're extremely grateful uh, that, that 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 was all that was wrong, and it was it was just more of a of a frustrating thing because you know when you're in the NICU, you look around at these other babies; they're like one or two pounds. You know, a lot of premature babies. So our baby was a giant in there, and so it was just kind of like you you don't belong here, and it was kind of frustrating for everybody because she, she acted fine, she looked fine, but we couldn't go home with her. So anyway. Yes, that's why I've been away. Day um, after day, what was that like? You, you thought you were inching closer to, of course, that uh, day to take her home, and they come in and say, well, it'll be another day or two. Yeah, that was tough, man. Um, I would say the last week, every day, we expected to go home. 
And so you would come in there. All they were, they put her on this 24-hour rule where she had to um, have 24 hours of good sugars. The reason why she was there is she had really low sugars. And so every time we would come in there, they say, "Oh, she had one or two. She can't go home today." Mm. Or there would be something new that was that was wrong, like that. Like she did have the good sugars, and then she had something called SVT, which, in short, her heart was beating way too fast. Mm. Um, and so we had to meet with cardiologists and all this other stuff. And uh, yeah, man, it was tough. But the moment after 22 days that you did pull into your driveway with Emerson, that had to be pretty special. It was so sweet, um, you know, to finally have her home. We have, you know, we've had family at the house. We, we got home Tuesday. And, um, you know, so this is only our second, really, our, our we had two days with her at home. But uh, it's been awesome, man. And, and again, you know, I kind of wrote my column about this, mm-hmm. about this area and about sports. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't – you and I both, we don't take ourselves too seriously, right? Uh, there's There are some people in this industry who think they're above sports, who, who think they're the star of the show. I, I like to think you and I don't do that. And, and, you know, I take my job very seriously as far as journalism goes, you know, reporting the facts, all that. I take all that seriously. But for the most part, man – we're writing pieces about athletes, players, teams, and sometimes uh, that can feel more like a hobby than a job. I mean, I think mm-hmm. I, I think I'm very lucky. I, I think you would probably say the same about yourself. We love what we do. Um, so I um, over the over these past 22 days, you know, when you're in the NICU and the thing you look forward to most is a college World Series game at night, mm-hmm. or you know, it was the finals as well that was going on too. I mean, I I would watch the clock because that's all I had to do. And like whenever the game came on, it was an escape. Your release. It's a release, and it, and it kind of helped me feel better about what I do because I, I it kind of validated that sports are important. Mm. You know, sport. There, there's a lot that can be said about when you have trying times. You just need that escape, like you said, and uh, that's what sports offered to me. And I'll say this, you know. When I came to this area in 2015, I, I wrote about this. It was like attraction, like like dating, right? Uh, this place attracted me because it had so many great high school traditions. That's mm-hmm. what I write. I write high school sports. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I had the opportunity to come here or go to another place, and I chose here because, um, you know, when I grew up, I would <laughs> – I told you this the first time we met, Aaron. We were actually at Neville – and I said, not to make you feel old, but I grew up watching your show. Mm. And today I try to make you feel old uh, anytime, Every day. anytime I can. Every hour. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I kept up with this area for so long, and I knew the rich tradition of it. And that's why I, I ultimately decided to come here. I wanted to cover these teams that I'd seen throughout the years and read about. And, you know, through these days, I hope these coaches don't mind me saying this, but I've had coaches reach out like uh, – like OCS, um, John Parker, um, West Washington's Mitch Thomas, uh, Louisiana Tech's Lane Burroughs, you know, uh, among others, they've all reached out and kind of told me their own NICU stories. Mm. And those meant the world to me because when you're going through that and someone either texts you or calls you and says, hey, I went through the same thing. My daughter's 16 years old now, and she's perfect. Mm. You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't even know that, that, that we went through that. And so those stories – were awesome and that kind of validated um what i'd always already known about this area is that this is a special place man i i I came here because of the i wanted to cover these 
these great schools. And then, you know, whether it was through the Washtenaw Citizen or through this radio uh, gig, uh, you know, just getting to know coaches and players and as well as, you know, uh, fans of these teams. You know, I had people reach out to me on on, um, on Facebook and saying, hey, man, I, I know you don't know me, but I'm praying for you uh, because I listen to you and Aaron every morning. Mm. And it feels like I know y'all. Mm. And so that, you know, that meant the world. You know, when you're going through something like that, that was really good. So, in short, I, I think I've spent enough time talking about myself. But uh, I just wanted to kind of fill in to people what was going on and kind of uh, – I, I want to talk about my column a little bit, just the fact that, you know, sports are important. Yeah, uh, you continue to grind away uh, pecking out stories when you were in the hospital. And uh, basically, uh, two of the best works I've seen you do in a long, long time. And that says a lot. Of course, the the legacy of LeBron and tying that in with, of course, you watching MJ. And then, of course, now with uh, the love affair that now has been rekindled. I wouldn't say rekindled, but your attraction to sports in Northeast Louisiana and sure. why it is important. Yeah, the, Le- the LeBron-MJ piece I thought was interesting because – we talked about this a lot because well, there's always the debate who's better, MJ or LeBron. And I feel like I don't, I can't really get too far into that fight because I know what MJ's accomplished. Right. I've read about him. Yeah. I've watched highlights of him, but I have not sat in, you know, year in and year out, watched his games. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not old enough. So then now the tie-in with your daughter, will what will she know she about won't, LeBron? She won't know about LeBron because she won't have experienced that either. Now she can go like I did, read about him, see his accomplishments, look at his highlights. But my whole um, point of that article was people are so obsessed with saying who's better between LeBron and MJ that they're worried about tearing the other one down. And so that was kind of my point is my daughter will never know how great LeBron was because they'll always try to compare the two. And those MJ fans are going to always point out, well, LeBron was, uh, what is it, three and six in the finals, whatever he is. And, and you know – there's some validation to that but also look at what the man has done in his career look at what he's accomplished you know individual achievements and i know it's a team sport but he's accomplished a lot as an individual so my whole thing was let's just appreciate both uh because you know people in the future aren't going to be able to just live through it like we live through it and and we a lot of us took it for granted i thought you said you were going to be rusty i thought we were going to get you to choke up in the first 10 15 no man (laughs) I did, I did get nervous. Like, I'm not my, – my mom will tell you I'm not an emotional guy. Yeah. But, dude, yeah. when you have a, a little daughter like that yeah. and then you go through that, there was there were some emotional moments the past couple of months. I, I was kind of worried I would, I would get choked up, but we're, we're doing good. We're, we got clear eyes. I know what got you choked up yesterday. What? Oh, what, oh <laughs> boy, here we go. You talking about Derek Stingley? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know. It seems fitting. Big LSU news coming down your first day of back. Of course. And, of course, uh, some have him as the number one prospect in the entire country. And as kids do nowadays, they put it out on Twitter, and he does it with a video. Yeah. I tell you what, though. I've seen a lot of these videos. Yeah. I thought this was done well. Yeah. I thought it was. I didn't think it was too over the top. Uh, we, we have a, a clip from it. Okay. I think Tabor's got it queued up. Uh, so Stingley makes the big announcement. He he says, hey, I'm going to release it at what? 1.30 yesterday. He releases it on Twitter. He tweets out his big announcement, his verbal commitment, the number one recruit in the country. I was supposed to have a plan to know my opponent. 
study him, to pick up on any clues to help me succeed. He's lined up wide. I'm taking away all inside routes. Match his speed with my pedal. Eyes on hip, plant leg, hips turn, dig. I will not get beat to the inside. Success without preparation and dedication is nothing more than luck. I don't believe in luck. Dunham High School gave me the opportunity to play varsity as an eighth grader and we never looked back. Each 5 a.m. workout, there was a plan. Every drill, every weightlifting session, every Friday night presented was an opportunity to execute, an opportunity to come through for my teammates. I've had the opportunity to compete against top talent at various camps, challenging myself as I progress through high school. I feel I am ready for my next step. My name is Derek Stingley Jr. I'm a five-star cornerback prospect, a native of Louisiana, and once a tiger, always a tiger. Jake says that's not over the top. <laughs> well, okay, in comparison to some I've seen. I've seen some crazy, dude. Uh, the heartbeat? I, I get it, but Bleacher Report got with some of these kids. Yeah. I don't know if it was last year or a couple years ago, and they made some crazy commitment videos. I mean, high production. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was like, he, he had that little monologue. Yeah. yeah, and it was a little much, I'll admit. <laughs> but overall, you know, it was clear highlights from his playing yeah. days and just you know done them and all that so t247 sports uh, these statistics from his season last year done uh, i i look at him and i don't think they can actually be real dude isn't it nuts so should i read them here? yes yes so allegedly reportedly <laughs> stingley was thrown towards or at 18 times right, last year right how many of those were interceptions <laughs> 11. 11 of those were interceptions. <laughs> 11 of the 18 times they threw at him, he picked off. He had an interception. And Six breakups. So I, I guess they completed one pass. I was going to say, of the seven, uh, he had six breakups as well. Yeah, it could have been a misfire. We don't even know <laughs> if he had a com completion against him. So, yeah, that is insane. Could that be real? Uh <laughs> I mean, that we, is stuff of high school legend. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know he's the number one recruit, according to uh, rivals, rivals, but still, 11 interceptions when you're only thrown at 18 times for the entire year. I know. I know. It is hard to believe. And I do question that sometimes. You know, sometimes we'll get some statistics and be like, did that really happen? Did this kid <laughs> really have 300 yards? But, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty insane. I mean, we're talking about Rebus Island, Stingley Island. No, right? absolutely. He's already a legend. But, um uh, yeah, so it was funny because, you know, Stingley, this is the biggest day for LSU since Leonard Fournette yeah. committed. You know, remember, it was it was in January of 2014. It was, a, I think it was the Under Armour All-American game. But they, they haven't had a big splash like this since him. Yeah. So this is huge. And, and actually, you know, when you look at LSU's need, especially next year, a lot of people say that they're going to need to have four recruits come in that are defensive backs mm -hmm. because – didn't really get anybody this past year, or as far as corners go, and you're gonna absolutely lose greedy, um, as well as um, 
the Alexander kid from Stanford. So, yeah, they needed they needed some cornerbacks. And so this fills a need, and it gives you that big splash as far as, um, you know, five-star prowess, you know, what everybody mm-hmm. looks at, what the fans want. They're not excited about a recruiting class unless they see those five stars. Well, here you go. Six feet, about six one, 193 pounds, allegedly, reportedly runs a four three forty, has a 42-inch vertical jump. Obviously, he's a freak. Has never uh, given up a completion, apparently. <laughs> it is just a verbal commitment, though. It is. Yeah. But he did LSU say LSU or Ryan go out and lose to Louisiana Tech in the fourth week. Perhaps the commitment is not as firm. I don't know. I think this guy, first of all, he comes from a, a great lineage of athletes. So I think he has a good head on his shoulders. I don't think he's going to play around with his recruitment like you see a lot of kids do. His dad actually played for the Phillies mm. uh, in the early 90s. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a, a pretty solid verbal. I think he's going to stay committed. Just admit it. You got goosebumps when you saw the video. I didn't get goosebumps. I thought it was a cool video, though. I thought it was well, it was bright in the middle. You know, you want to do something special if you're the number one recruit, but you also don't want to play tag or whatever, laser tag in a forest. I saw that one time. Stuff like that. So I'm glad he, he, he did it the way he did. And and he didn't have a press conference and milked it. And, you know, I've seen – I watched Cam Akers' press conference uh, where he, he was going to sign with – he was to sign with Florida State. But, man, they milked that for hours. And, and he had to deal with, like, NFHS, and they put commercials and stuff. I'm glad he didn't go that route. We'll go through some of the other high-profile recruits LSU has had through the years and which ones panned out and which ones did not. Coming up later on – uh, we got some more big headlines coming up in the next segment, but let's get to the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? <laughs> the starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. It is Top 10 Thursday. Jake takes a, a few weeks off, and he comes back with a good idea. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Probably the best ID you've had on this show in months. You know, honestly, I thought about doing top ten drafts. But we didn't want to put anybody to sleep. (laughs) But I was like, Aaron might need a little bit of a boost. I don't know. This was a huge boost. I I enjoyed this. So I was like, all right, let's spice it up. Let's do top ten college football traditions. Oh, now we've got your attention. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. You want to get jacked up. Just start going through and then looking at some of the videos of best college traditions. Oh, these are so good. And this is what's best about college football, in my opinion. I love the prestige and tradition that goes along with college football. Good one. So, look forward to it. Weigh, we, weigh in. You want to hear your nominees on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline slash text line 888-993-7762. We also got uh, John Lewandowski from ULM joining us. He's actually coming in studio. Oh. He will join us at 730. So you're we'll booting me little, out. <laughs> no, you guys can share that chair over there. <laughs> I don't think that's going to work, but uh, I appreciate the offer. First day back, you have to leave for a little bit. 888-993-7762. We got some headlines to get to after the break, including Jake's breakdown of the World Cup. You look forward to that? Oh, oh, that's was that required of me? Yeah, yes. Oh, it'll be just like our Astros update. Yeah, all right. We got both of them coming up after the break. That's a tease. The way-
way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. In the South, June means lawn work is only half done. There's still a lot of grass cutting to do. So through the end of June, you can save 10% on all residential grade zero turn cup cadet mowers from Yard Power. YP has a huge inventory of mowers to choose from because Yard Power is your cup cadet superstore. All Cub Cadet Zero Turn Mowers, 10% off through June 30th at Yard Power. Highway 165 North in Monroe and on Waldrop Lane just off New Dakadish in West Monroe. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the show. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. That's a tough uh, seat to fill over there for a while. And we certainly appreciate everybody that pitched in and helped out. I was going to say, it's tough to come back and fill it. Yeah. You had some really great guests yeah. on, including uh, the famous Tommy Tharp. Yeah. Oh, man. Infamous. I, you know, I wish I could have heard that show I was unable to, but I hope he gave you a hard time. I trust that he did. Yeah, there was a couple digs in there. Uh, this is William Texan at 888-993-7762. says, glad to see you back. Praying for you and your family. Hope is all is well, Jake. Thank you very much. Uh, it is, it's all going well. We're, we're, we're on the, the upswing here. All right. A couple news and notes, and we have some major headlines to get to. And I think we probably need to start with the College World Series. Oregon State, man, it looked like they were certainly in trouble, but they rally, and they rally in a big way. The Beavers are still alive and well in Omaha. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it looked like they were in trouble. North Carolina kind of. You know, Oregon State started off with a couple homers in the first inning, and then North Carolina takes the lead later on. And then Oregon State scores eight runs in the final two innings, exploded for four runs in each each of the eighth and the ninth uh, to advance. So Oregon State moving on. Uh, Barry in the headline, I am sorry, Razorback fans. We are literally 21 minutes into this show. Arkansas Ugh. with a huge, huge victory against Texas Tech. The Razorbacks continue to roll in Omaha. They win 7-4. to four. Dominique Fletcher was outstanding in this ballgame. He bangs out four hits, has four RBI. He becomes the first player with four hits and four RBI in a College World Series game at TD Meritrade Park. 
pretty impressive win for the Hawks. Do we know what year this is for TD Ameritrade? Uh, is it four or five, I believe? Man, Maybe flies. three or four. We'll, we'll Google it. We'll get the research flies. team. Uh, yeah, Fletcher, by the way, had a home run as well. And I'll say this. I think Mississippi State has been the most exciting team to watch just because of the way they've been winning. But Arkansas is right there, too. If you if you like watching, you know, chicks dig the long ball. If you like watching home runs, watch Arkansas. They have been so fun to watch this entire year, really. So now you look at uh, Arkansas and Mississippi State, they're in pretty good spots. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you, if you get through this portion unbeaten, yeah. now you put the pressure on these other teams and you put the pressure on that pitching staff. Not to say it can't be done. We just saw LSU do it. Last year against Oregon State, they had to beat Oregon State twice, and they did. So uh, it can be done, but like I said, you put the pressure on other people's pitching staffs. It's very important. And then, of course, uh, you look at both of them now. Uh, they'll have an opportunity to two games. They'll, uh, first, uh, of course, uh, Arkansas, I mean, an opportunity to close this thing out in advance to the College World Series Championship Series. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that, I, I've missed some of these games, obviously, for, for obvious reasons. But uh, like I said, Arkansas and Mississippi State, I'm, I've been rooting for both of them. I think Mississippi State's been one of the best stories in sports this year. You know, you consider everything that's happened. Nobody expected them to be in this spot. Uh, so I've, I've been rooting for them. But I've also been rooting for Arkansas because, like I said, they have been so fun to watch. I like watching these these young men get up there and just crush these balls. Uh, so, yeah, I, I've, I've really enjoyed watching Arkansas play. Our research department, uh, John Tabor, weighs in 2011 for TD Park. So that is, this yeah, is the seventh time. year. Wow. How about that? How about uh, great news for uh, one of our favorites, former uh, West Washington product and Aaron's ace, Zach Watson, named to the Gold Gloves team for NCAA baseball, one of three outfielders to get this honor. Huge honor. And I did not know that. He's only the fourth LSU player to get it. Yeah, that's what stood out the most to yeah. me, too. isn't that crazy? Uh, you, know, you know the others? Uh, Micah Gibbs. Good. Alex Bregman. That's what I would expect. Andrew Stevens. Wow. You are the LSU uh, encyclopedia over here. Yeah, I wasn't even looking at anything. Yeah, I know. Uh, no, but that's 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 an incredible honor. And I didn't realize he had a 1,000 fielding percentage last year as far as Zach, Zach Watson goes. So. Mm. Yeah, congrats to Zach. Um, you know, and this comes after he was invited to Team USA. So he's had a, a really, really cool uh, summer. We are your headquarters for the Houston Astros, and I know you were keeping close tabs, Jake, on the Astros while you were sitting it out in the hospital. How about the Astros and what they did with that 12-game winning streak? Uh, it gets snapped, of course, against Tampa Bay. Last night they come back and they pick up a win against Tampa Bay. They now move to 50-26 and 26 overall. They are three games up on Seattle, and they have the best record in Major League Baseball. Oh, that's a good update. Astros with their 50th win. Springer, Bregman, and Altuve hit back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back home runs in that win last night. Uh, so you were paying attention. A little bit, yeah. Uh, that does lead us now to our World Cup. Update. All right, Jake, I just added this little bumper here. Well, no, no. Hold on. Yeah. Wait, pause. Yeah. We can't get an Astros? Yeah, I know, but I got World Cup. The world's watching. 
We're supposed to talk this is, over this. This goes on in the background? It's 22 seconds. Uh, okay. That's where so, I'm expecting you to give your analysis uh, of the World Cup. you got 22 seconds less now. And crickets. You're going to have to lead this one. <laughs> Portugal, Uruguay, and uh, Spain win yesterday. Spain over Iran, one to nothing. I heard an amazing stat. I don't know if it's true or not. It's probably like Stingley in his uh, statistics last year in high school football. That uh, Spain had like 100, uh, 800 passes last night or yesterday, and they completed uh, 87% of them. You're talking like you're looking for validation from me. I can't validate or confirm any of that. <laughs> well, the Stingley stuff you can't either. So, <laughs> <laughs> But at least I read it somewhere. Yes. At least I was well, paying I heard it on Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> okay. It's pretty much the same thing. All right, it? sure. Okay, we'll go with it. That's yeah. a great stat, yeah. 800 passes. All right, as we tease what's coming up uh, later in the show, uh, top 10 Thursday college traditions. What's the one thing that stood out the most to you, Jake, as you did your research? How hard it was to make this list. <laughs> I left off so many great traditions. I think I ended up leaving off Traveler from USC, the horse, which is, you know, that's a, that's a great tradition. I, right. I don't even think he made my cut. I bet Mike the Tiger, of course, when they used to parade him around, made your list. It didn't. It actually did not. Mm. Um, if they were still doing it today, it would be. But just because they, they stopped doing it, I, I, I didn't include it in my top ten. Uh, we need your nominees, nominations. We certainly need you to help us out. Hit us up on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead hotline slash text line 888-993-7762. Go to StuartShelby.com for a free quote. The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7 returns after this. If your job situation is changing because of layoffs or restructuring, make sure your retirement stays on track. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor Mike Barris. Stop by our office at 1507 Lamy Lane for a face-to-face appointment. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. We'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. You know, I'll tell you something. A lot of people don't realize this, but snoring affects your whole life. You ever have that drowsiness where you're trying to keep your eyes open, but they want to close? It's miserable. Now you're behind the wheel going to work and you're drowsy. Now millions and millions of Americans are stuck in traffic. Why? Because of you driving drowsy. You can't do that. You need to get enough sleep. Your spouse needs to get enough sleep. There's no more excuses. What you need to do is stop snoring now. Buy a Zipa and stop abusing everybody in America with your horrible snoring. This is truth, people. Go to Zipa.com. That's Z-Y-P-P-A-H.com. Buy a Zipa and stop snoring. Let me tell you something. If we could stop snoring, we could stop drowsy driving. If we stop drowsy driving, we'll stop accidents. Buy a Zipa and do your part to stop the snoring. Go to Zipa.com, that's Z-Y-P-P-A-H.com, and stop snoring. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7. It's time to talk a little college football and who better to bring in than uh, John Lewandowski from uh, ULM Sports Information Director. A lot of great things taking place out on the ULM campus, including Warhawk football being right around the corner. 
Good morning. How you doing, bud? Good morning, Aaron. I'm doing great. Good to see you and Jake early this morning. Glad to see everybody's got their coffees ready to go. You have to at this hour. Well, right. I've been up since 410. I've been so excited about this opportunity. I mean, never mind the fact that I engineered and produced for Bob Costas. <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't have to get up at 410 in the morning for him, but I've been that excited to get in here. Oh, I want to hear that story. Before we get started, engineered, produced for Bob Cox. Yeah, I did that for uh, four summers Wow! Uh, in St. Louis. Yeah, I started working for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals when I was 15. I had to lie to start working there because uh, you had to be si- 16 to work in the city of St. Louis. And prior to one of the strikes, I needed money for a school at Notre Dame. It's not cheap to go to school right. there. So I uh, transitioned into a job at KMOX, and I produced Sports Open Line for four summers. Wow. So I worked with Bob Costas and Mike Shannon and Jack Buck and wow, all those folks. It was awesome. It was awesome. At that age, could you tell Costas was something special? Yes, no doubt. No doubt. Now, the the funny thing about Bob, he was blessed with one of those photographic memories. He drove the engineers crazy. So sports would start, like, the first report would be at 520 during the afternoon drive. You would hear the the, uh, elevator ding at, like, 517, 518. He'd walk in. He'd say, Lewandowski, where's my sports? I'd slide open the door. I'd hand him the carts and his copy. He'd sit down during a commercial break, and it was like he'd been there all day preparing. Uh-huh. Drove them crazy. And, and one would say, I just hope one time he's late. I'm going to flip on that mic. It's going to have open air. Uh-huh. We're just going to have dead air for 15, 20 seconds until he gets here. Uh-huh. Never happened. Hmm. He was always there. But he, he was blessed with a unbelievable memory, and he did do a ton of preparation work. Uh-huh. Loved to read outside of time and, and all kinds of things. And you talk about somebody who knew the smallest of details. But uh, did you ever hear the story about the audition tape he sent to get the job doing play-by-play for the Spirits of St. Louis? Uh, please tell. He went to Syracuse undergrad, as many did Mike Tirico. Go mm-hmm. ahead and name a million others. He recreated a game in the studio, took a play-by-play from Sports Info. He goes, if anybody ever ran a clock to it, they could tell that I really wasn't doing the game because there wasn't enough time between baskets or turnovers or whatever. And he recreated the game, drove the basketball in a studio and all that stuff, sent that in and got the play-by-play job for the Spirits of St. Louis. Wow. Uh, Dan Kelly was a play-by-play announcer for the St. Louis Blues. He had an illness, couldn't make a West Coast road trip, and they asked him, have you ever done hockey? He's like, oh, sure, never had, but went and did NHL games on the West Coast. Nice. Not bad, he pulled go, it off. I didn't know we'd go down that path, but man. I didn't either, I'm sorry. Costas. I, t- I told you you should have booked me for both hours today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, some exciting things going on out at ULM, and of course the football season is right around the corner. What does that mean for you guys to get prepared for what's going to take place here in literally, what, 80 uh, some days? You know, it's funny, is with a staff our size, you wear a lot of different hats. So uh, as I was reminded a long time ago, when there was a student at Notre Dame by Gene Corrigan, the AD, we're all in ticket sales and we're all in fundraising. But in my case, too, we're also in promotion. So, you know, just excited for preseason camp to open. Uh, the players report at the end of July. First practice is on August the 1st. But, uh, you know, we think we have a team that can contend for a championship. And uh, obviously a lot of things have to go into that. Remaining healthy is one. But when you look at the returning personnel, uh, you've got 18 starters back on this team, nine of them on offense. What they did a year ago, ranking in the top 25 in so many offensive categories, have a returning All-American in marking screen. There's just so much to be excited about. Defensively, so many young kids had to play, and a lot of them are going back to their natural positions as opposed to either going in the corner or safety when they really hadn't played there. I think there's going to be a natural jump there, but uh, we're excited about the team that we have. And, uh, you know, we think we have, we have certainly have something to market. And, uh, you know, Marcus has been named to several preseason All-American teams, and how exciting is that for ULM? And I think this is a program that people can embrace. And I will tell you this, uh, 
probably don't look. I'm going to be 57 in November. But I've been around college football. I thought you were 54. Yeah. <laughs> Trust. There's a lot more mileage on my body than that. <laughs> but I've been involved in college football uh, for the last 38 years, day to day. It started as a freshman at Notre Dame when Dan Devine was in his last season as the head football coach. I'm not saying this because I work at Yule. I'm, I'm saying this because I've seen it. Now, I've been very blessed. I worked with Dan Devine right out of the chute. I worked with Pat Dye at Auburn. Uh, had an opportunity to work with uh, Nick Saban at Michigan State. I've worked with Mark D'Antonio. This football staff, led by Matt Viator and his assistants, are as fine a football staff as I have ever worked with mm. in terms of identifying talent, developing talent, and just the way that they treat their student-athletes. And I mean that in great sincerity. John, you mentioned, of course, uh, marketing and branding ULM and several substantial things, significant things have taken place in the last couple months. How is that aspect going? It's going extremely well. You know, the first thing right out of the shoot in March, uh, since Nick Floyd became athletic director just a couple weeks before I did it, a year ago in August, heard the community. Our ticket prices needed a market adjustment. We've done that. Essentially, each category uh, discounted $20. So you can buy a season ticket for $70 all the way up to $155. So there's something for everybody. It's been well-received. We've moved a lot of new season tickets. We're still in the uh, renewal stage. We're still taking, obviously, new season ticket holders. But I think the biggest thing is, uh, and, and obviously there's not been great stability and leadership from the athletic department side. Obviously, Dr. Bruno has provided that on the academic side. But what we've got to do is we've got to find a way to connect with the community. We'll have an exciting announcement coming up hopefully next week about something we're going to do interactive with the community. We need to get our student athletes out so people can identify with them. But we also don't need to be uh, embarrassed to say that we need the community. Everybody has a role to play. And I think we had a great kickoff with uh, when Doug Peterson came. He talked about how everybody has a role to play in the organization, and he used the football, his football staff as an example, the equipment staff, the video staff, the medical staff, the training staff, all the way through the team. Everybody has a role to play. We need people in this community to embrace this team. There's a window of opportunity, I think, for us to do a lot of great things, and I think we do have a team that can, team that compete for a championship this year. I think that Coach V is building a program that can compete for championships on a regular basis. He's certainly up the recruiting profile of the student-athletes that we're attracting now. And I think we need to, to people to invest. What does that mean? Well, if you can become a donor, become a donor. If you can become a season ticket holder, become a season ticket holder. If you can make a handful of games, cherry pick and come to those games. But we need people to do that, especially as you know where we're at in terms of finances and everything else we need those dollars and obviously there's a trickle-down effect too i may be a ulm softball fan or i may be a golf fan but football is still the primary revenue producer so all those things trickle down and everybody recruits off of football those football weekend experiences everybody brings their student athlete prospects in for those games those that atmosphere that's what helps generate interest for their teams as well so it all trickles down i will never forget tom Izzo had made his four final four appearance one of the big columnists from Detroit came to town. He's interviewing Tom. He said, Tom, Michigan State's now a basketball school, four Final Fours and a national championship. He said, hold on a minute. Michigan State has been and always will be a football school. At Michigan State, it's the revenue for, for football over basketball is almost four to one. And so he said, I understand who's driving the bus. And he said, I'm happy to be a part of it. He said, and you have to understand, I'm the biggest football fan because when they're successful – 
and they're filling that stadium and have a great atmosphere, I know I'm going to be successful because kids will want to be a part of that. And I think that's the thing. I think the biggest thing we have to do, and I talked about taking the student-athletes into the community, people need to learn who these kids are beyond the jersey number and, and kind of take that helmet off. Everybody has a story to tell. Everybody has a story to share. And there's so many great stories on that football team. Um, that's what we need to do. So we create that connection that people want to root for those student athletes. And I have seen, and the reason why I'm in college athletics and the reason why I'm so passionate about it, probably why I was up at 410 this morning, is you can see that experience be transformational for so many. Darquez Denard won the Jim Thorpe Award at Michigan State in the secondary now plays for the Cleveland, uh, for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. He, he became the first member of his family to graduate from college. That's transformational for his whole family. Uh, Anthony Ianni was a walk-on basketball player, 6'10", 6'11". He uses that platform to tell a story that he was uh, bullied growing up because he was always bigger than all the other kids. And on top of that, he didn't know at the time, but he had autism. So he's become an advocate to uh, create an awareness for dealing with that. There's so many great things that can come from it, and that's what we're trying to introduce people to. But I hope that people embrace this football team. I hope they embrace this staff. Uh, but I'm sincere in saying I believe in what Coach Viator is doing. You could not ask for a greater man of integrity than Nick Floyd, and we're putting all those pieces together, and it could be special. And I've also seen what a successful season can do to transform an entire community. Two years ago, two years ago, Western Michigan was in the Cotton Bowl. It can happen, and why can't it happen here? Mm. ULM underwent a, a logo change and getting a mostly positive reviews. What kind of undertaking has that been now to make the changes across the different platforms that you have? The brand refresh. It, you know, it was exciting to be a part of it. It was exciting to go through the process. Uh, it wasn't, you know, done uh, in a vacuum. Uh, we did a lot of focus groups. I think the thing that we, as we looked at it, with the, with the previous color scheme, with that maroon and the old gold. One, you, you didn't have contrasting colors. Number two, we weren't distinctive in our own league. There were four teams in the Sun Belt that wear that maroon. So if you watch it on TV, well, is that is that Texas State or is that ULM or is that Troy or is that, you know. So mm. we wanted to go back to the traditional colors. Um, I saw it a lot in my first few months on the job. A lot of people wearing the NLU stuff to the games and the, and the old colors. It just it won uh, – they're contrasting colors. They're bold colors. Uh, nobody else in the league wears that color combination. Um, and I also think there's – and I've, I've heard, and again, we've been good at listening to the community. There's been those fans who, for whatever reason, and I don't know all the history, obviously, Aaron, because I'm, I'm relatively still new to the area, but for whatever reason, they, they have felt disenfranchised. It's not my school name. It's not my school mascot. It's not my school color. We need to invite those people back. And I think here's the one – if I was to, to – uh, have a call for action. If you haven't been for a couple of years, come check it out. Mm. It's different. This is an exciting team. They're going to put a lot of points on the scoreboard, and they will compete. And I think we saw that last year. They showed that they can play with the best teams on their schedule. It was no longer a game that was done by halftime. It went into the fourth quarter most weekends. We're also trying to become everything to everybody in terms of the game day atmosphere. Now, it takes time to get there, but we're trying to do that. So, again, if you haven't been for a while, come back. If you haven't been at all, come, and you'll enjoy it enough that you're going to want to come back. And I just – I think about – you know, I grew up on college football. I think that's the why, reason why I wanted to get into it. Uh, we used to go to the Mizzou games all the time, and it got to – I became so passionate about it. If Mizzou was out of town, we'd look at the schedule, 
and we may go see Illinois play who they're playing. I saw them play against Archie Griffin and Ohio State twice when I was growing up. I thought, how special is that? I got to see Illinois play Michigan. So, you know, as, as you talk about those traditions, and I was running through my mind things that, uh, that I've seen over the years, there's something about a college football Saturday, or in our case, the opener, college football Thursday night, uh, that you want to experience, and you can experience it as a family. And there was a routine, Aaron, you could almost plan out the Lewandowski family day on a Saturday in Columbia, Missouri. A lot of times we'd go down on Friday night, but there was a there was a protocol. We would go to a local high school and kick the football. Then we'd go to breakfast at a certain cafeteria, and then it was through the bookstore, and then mm. it's to the game. And I think back of all those memories, and, of course, my, I lost my dad several years ago, but I still think about those experiences that I had with my brother and my dad on a football Saturday in Columbia, Missouri. Mm. AJ weighs in on the uh, Stuart Shelby uh, hotline slash text line. It says, great interview. You can hear his excitement in his voice, such conviction. Bob also weighs in. Exciting times, of course, with the, the medical center coming to ULM. Big news, though, this probably is not a fair question for you, but Bob wants to know, what does that mean now for the growth? Well, I think the, the, the biggest thing, Aaron, is obviously there's going to have to be some questions to be answered, but we haven't even seen the final plans yet. To, so to speculate at this point wouldn't be – uh, intelligent on my part, but number two, we have to know exactly what we're going to address. And, and all I can tell you is we'll be committed to trying to create an even better experience, whatever that situation may look like. But, you know, we don't even have the uh, pl final plans yet to really kind of look at, okay, how does it truly impact us? But I think there can be an opportunity for us to enhance even that tailgate experience, even if it's in a little bit different setting than before. Uh, Richie weighs in, says the new look is refreshing for all those like me who were upset with initial uh, name change. The team actually looks like the ULM team I grew up watching. The other thing, too, that t t is neat to me, and again, this is part of this wasn't done in a vacuum. The way the student athletes responded a year ago when they wore it for that tribute game, yeah. they loved it. They've embraced it, and they feel that sense of history, and that's that's all positive. From a guy that's worked in this business a long time and, of course, knows how to market and promotion, you got a guy like Marcus Green. How do you get his name out there on the national scene? Well, I think we we were fortunate in that we were able to do that late last year. The fact that he was named to five different All-American teams, the first second-team All-American in ULM history uh, since we obviously haven't been at the, uh, the D1 level for a long time. But it's been getting the name out there. You will see. Uh, just prior to Sunbelt Media Days, a national feature on Marcus in the Sporting News. Uh, we're excited about that. That's something else that we can obviously try to use to market ticket sales. But here's the thing that I've learned, and, and um, I've, you can call it campaigns. I have never spent more than money for a mailing. We haven't invested tons of money like some programs do to promote their candidates. And this, I think, goes back to working for Roger Valdeseri at Notre Dame. Um, and I've got a quick side story on Joe Theismann to tell you later. But um, – his thing was promote them, position them so that they have that platform nationally, and then there has to be signature moments where they have to deliver. And if they do, then you've positioned them. If they don't, then you've done your best, but you also understand that they have to, they have to play their best in the biggest games and make critical plays at critical times. And when that happens, it happens. But very fortunate uh, when I was at Michigan State, uh, I can't tell you how many first-team All-Americans we, we had uh, we had a Bolitnikoff Award winner. We had a Jim Thorpe Award winner. We had a Johnny Unitas Award winner. Uh, so I understand the importance of building relationships and trying to differentiate your student-athlete from somebody else's. But the bottom line is they have to still perform when, as Nick Saban used to say, big-time players make big-time plays. Mm -hmm. That's what they have to do. And obviously we'll have a platform to do that. And you look at the schedule we have, some of the non-conference games, 
we'll have an opportunity. But we'll be creative in the ways that we deliver uh, highlights of him, even if the game's on not, quote, national TV or it's on a separate ESPN platform. We'll still get that stuff out there. From a guy, of course, went to Notre Dame, spent how many years at Michigan State and in the Big Ten? Almost 20. All right. Tough questions. College football traditions. This is Top Ten Thursday, and we're going to dive into it here in a little bit. Give us the moments or the traditions in the Big Ten or perhaps at Notre Dame that stick out the most to you. First thing that strikes out, that's, that sticks out to me about Notre Dame, even today, 2018, they have a Friday pep rally before every opponent. doesn't matter if it's Army, Western Michigan, Miami, Ohio, or if it's USC or Michigan or Michigan State. They have a Friday night pep rally. When I was in school in 1980 to 84, they were held in the Steppen Center on the north end of campus. You could get five or 6,000 people in there, and you would be sweating profusely. Yeah. Jerry Faust's first pep rally, they actually put outside the Steppen Center and attracted almost 20,000 people. The traditional venue then became uh, the Joy Center, the basketball arena, and that holds just over 11,000, and they would pack it every night. They've since moved outside to different venues, gates at the stadium where you can get you know, upwards of 20,000. That's unique. It's special. It carried, it's carried on today. It's not just about one game. It's all seven home games. Mm-hmm. The other thing there that struck me, and I was hooked the first time I made a trip to campus, it was a football game against Mizzou that actually Notre Dame lost. Uh, but it was one of those things. I've got to, I got to pick out a high school that has, a, that has a track proven track record of getting students into Notre Dame, and that's actually what I did. Followed my brother's footsteps and went to school. He didn't go to Notre Dame, but they had a track record of getting students in there. But the uh, the pregame band show, they had the first marching band in the history of college football, and they have music they still play today during that their step-off. It's, uh, the first song they play is Hype Notre Dame. They were songs written about football, and they still play them today. Mm-hmm. To me, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. In the Big Ten. Dotting the eye. How special huge, is that? Huge. Huge. Um, and the, the, the fact that they have guest people do the dotting eye. It could be a band member. It could be a former head football coach. It could be a former All-American that's really neat. Uh, Camp Randall. Camp Randall, jump around, unbelievable. And I will tell you this about their fans. Uh, my first experience there, uh, Mark D'Antonio took a team up there, almost upset them. It was Coach D'Antonio's first year. Michigan State was a huge underdog. Devin Thomas was the uh, all-purpose player for that team. Michigan State got a standing ovation leaving the field after the game. I've seen that happen in two places on the road. One was there, and the other one was at Nebraska. And Nebraska, it's the only show in town. Obviously, they don't have any pro football that they have to compete against. That thing is huge, and their fans are extremely knowledgeable. And the first time Michigan State won up there, one of the first times that they won a share of a Big Ten title, they got a standing ovation after beating their beloved Cornhuskers. Mm. The, the running out the tunnel at Michigan and jumping and hitting the end banner, I don't know, maybe it's, I'm, I'm biased because I, w- I was at Michigan State for so long. That really didn't do it for me. Mm. Um, Whiteout game at Penn State. Were you part of one of those? On a, yeah, and I still see Larry Johnson running against that defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it that Penn State's a special place too, on, a, on especially on a Saturday night. But you have to remember too, in November in the Big Ten, it's dark by those three thirty kickoffs, <laughs> so it's kind of a night game anyway. <laughs> Big Ten football is is it coming around? I think so. I you know I I will I will tell this tell you this that the the Michigan State team that went to the Rose Bowl and beat Stanford uh, on a fourth down, fourth and one play late in the game in the fourth quarter. I contend that that team was good enough defensively and dynamic enough offensively they would have beaten either Florida State or Auburn for the national championship that year. That's how good they were. 
You said you're going to tell a Joe Theismann story. Yeah. So there's all this. There's been these rumors for all these years about. Uh, first of all, let me. I have to preface this by saying my father went to high school with Joe Theismann's dad at South River High School in New Jersey, and another one of my dad's classmates was Wally Dallenbach, whose son became an Indy car race car driver, and then his son became a NASCAR driver. Anyway, for all this said, there have been stories, and I had heard them growing up before I ever went to Notre Dame, how Roger Valdeseri, the publicist, had changed the pronunciation of Joe's last name to Heisman. That's not true. It's funny how things grow over time. Mm -hmm. Joe was a sophomore quarterback at Notre Dame, ran out to take a series. Joe Doyle was a longtime sports editor at the South Bend Tribune. He was out there next to another reporter, and he goes, hey, who is that scrawny kid? Is that Joe Thiesman? Mm Mm-hmm. And Roger, now this is before he has ever played a varsity game at Notre Dame. He said, no, it's Theismann, as in Heisman. And my father had contended all along. We always called him Theismann. It wasn't Theismann. So that's one of those things that legend over time changes. But he corrected a sports writer who said, is that Joe Theismann? He said, no, it's Theismann, as in Heisman. And that reference actually started before he ever even played a game at Notre Dame. Mm. And obviously he finished second to, Joe, uh, to Jim Plunkett for the Heisman that uh, his senior year. Got a text here. This guy gets me yoked up for ULM game. I'm passionate about it. I am. Um, I believe in it. And and I think the other cool thing that uh, – and, and I guess I'm passionate about it too because I have a son who's a walk-on at Michigan State. He'll be a uh, redshirt junior uh, this year. I see what it what it's done in terms of his growth and development. When you go in that locker room of 105 guys, and now the NCAA rules will have 110 in for preseason uh, when we open camp uh, July 31st, uh, the diversity in that locker room. The what a, being a team member means and supporting each other in good times and bad, those are things that you can't necessarily teach even in a classroom. Um, the fact that there are winners and losers, and let's face it, everybody who's in athletic administration, doesn't matter if you're a coach or in my position, you want people to be winners in life. These are things that you to get to teach them in that experience. And you're going to have days where you get knocked down. And you're defined by winning and losing. We kind of are in a culture now where it's almost like, I actually have worked at camps where the, some of the parents ask, are you keeping score? Well, yeah, you keep score because you keep score and everything else that you do professionally. You're competing against other people in the industry. So like it or not, there are winners and losers. But developing that, but that diversity in the huddle, um, I heard Bill Curry talk about it so eloquently one year, and I wanted to run out after, after his presentation. But you really understand all the things that kind of come together. But you get to see building a winning culture. The way I saw Pat Dye invest in – the entire staff when he was the athletic director and the head football coach. And he said, well, what do you mean the entire staff? After a team won an SEC championship, he would come over to the Coliseum because at that time I ran the Coliseum office. There was a separate building for the football PR staff and, and the rest of the sports. He hand-delivered their SEC championship rings to the janitorial staff. goes back to what we said about Doug Peterson. Everybody has a role to play. Think about your football Saturday. Your experience starts with the guy who's collecting money male or female, at the gate as you come in for your parking. Then you have the ticket taker. Then you have the concessionaire. They all play an important role in that overall experience. The band, the cheerleaders, the crowd, the atmosphere, everybody has a role to play. And I think that's the one thing that I think intercollegiate athletics teaches you that services you. And, again, I've seen it firsthand where it transforms somebody's life and the opportunities that they have moving forward. And that's why I say invest in this program, buy a ticket, become a, a, a donor, you can change people's lives. And think about what winning could do for this community and how people can embrace this. And we are very fortunate uh, in the fact that when you look at, I say the sports where we, the revenue producing starts, the opportunities we have to, to produce revenue. 
I wouldn't trade Matt Viator for anybody. I wouldn't trade Keith Richard for anybody. And the job that he did coaching that team last year was remarkable. And I think Mike Federico is going to be – he's a rising star in his, in his profession. You talk about a guy who's got a game plan, not only to win baseball games, but a game plan for life. You can't help but go to work with those folks and feel excited about what's going on. You can't. Uh, John, of course, you talk about that game day experience. Fans will get an opportunity. It was moved, that game against Southeastern, from Saturday to Thursday to kick off the year. Why was that move made, and now what can that generate in terms of a buzz? I, I think, again, we go back to we, we, we've listened. Uh, during that focus group when we talked about the, uh, the, the brand refresh, we heard from the students. We said, hey, we'd love to experience that holiday weekend. We would love for the game to be played, though, so we can, we can watch the game and then still go enjoy the weekend either with family or friends. And that's why we looked at the Thursday. The other thing is, since it's that opening week of college football, there will be other games we'll be able to market our game with that night. You know, Texas A&M's playing, and we're playing them a few weeks later, so we'll be able to get our highlights out during that broadcast. And then for the Friday games that week, because there are still Friday games before the Saturday games, leading up to those games, we can still market what happened with our game with Southeastern Louisiana on Thursday night. So it's an opportunity to create some national exposure. At the same time, maximize the crowd because we want to have the students here. We're trying to find out more creative ways to get them engaged. And let's face it, they're the ones that create the energy that everybody kind of feeds off of. Um, I just think it's a win-win. And, again, it, it was us being sensitive and listening to what people would like to see. And it was, it was I would say, in that focus group, 80% said, please move the game to Thursday. All right. Finally, John Lewandowski, uh, what do listeners need to do out there to get on board and get tickets for the upcoming year? First thing to do is either go online to ulmwarhawks.com and order your tickets. Just click on that. Uh, the tick- You'll actually see a splash page with Marcus Green featured on it. Click that or call 318-342-HAWK. And, of course, we invite people uh, in Ruston to come out on Saturday to the Peach Festival. We'll be out there. We've got a spot in the parade. Uh, we'll have Ace in a pickup truck along with a couple of uh, dance team members from the Hawk Line and cheerleaders, and we're going to be handing out schedule posters. So a uh, great opportunity for a great uh a uh, festival like that that actually obviously draws regionally just to have a presence out there and expand the uh, ULM football brand just a little bit more. Hey, bud. That was great. Appreciate it. Yeah. I told you I could fill two hours. Yeah. We could give Jake some time off. He's got to re- <laughs> we don't we don't want him to jump in both feet right off the bat. He needs to kind of transition into that. Did you see a perk up over there? More time off? All right. He's all in. <laughs> Thanks, bud. We'll see you, you in bet. a couple of weeks at the uh, Sundown Conference Media Days. Sounds good. 7 o'clock hour in the books, plenty to talk about in the 8 o'clock hour, including we'll continue to break down the best traditions in college football. You can weigh in at 888-993-7762. The Morning Drive is back after this. Thanks for listening to the best of The Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.